Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We welcome you to another installment of The Golf Show on 96.1 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and the WSBT Radio app. I'm WSBT Radio Sports Director Darren Pritchett, joined by John Foster, the General Manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Tim Firestone from Blackthorn is off this week. We hope to talk to him next week. And our program is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, enjoy, proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. Well, I'm very happy to report for the first time this year on the golf show that both of the golf courses that we talk about so much that John and Tim are a part of are active and open for business as Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame opened up Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. So... John, I know it's been a really busy week. I'm sure probably it's been a strange week. Maybe an odd week is a good way to describe it, but I'm happy. One of our championship golf courses is back open and ready for people to enjoy. Uh, Let me just start with what has the week been like for you trying to get everything up and going, even Mm -hmm. though the golf course, as you've told us, has been kept in great shape. During the time it was idle, but with all of the health concerns and regulations and all the statues you put in place, I'm sure there was quite a bit to do this week. You pretty well summed it up. Right oh no! <laughs> it just no. It was just so good to get open, Darren. We opened on Tuesday morning, um, and, and and I mean the staff has been fabulous. I you know we were able to call back some of our maintenance people on Monday. Currently, it's Greg, Cody, um, and um, <laughs> Greg and I mm-hmm. doing the uh, starting cart sanitizing, cart cleaning, range balls. Uh, and that's not a complaint, although it sounds like I'm whining there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's what we had to do to get open at this time. And we're working through some scenarios with the university that will hopefully in the near future uh, get us staffed both with the, the maintenance area and in the golf operations area. Um, that being said, I've got a whole new appreciation for what our cart attendants do <laughs> and everybody else on the staff that I kind of lost touch with the last three years in preparation for the senior open. So I told a guy the other day, he goes, aren't you the guy that was general chairman of the senior <laughs> open? I go, yes. And uh, this year I'm a cart attendant. So <laughs> I'm willing to do anything to get us open, Darren. But it's it's been great. The players have been just thrilled uh, that w- that we are open, and our regulars are loving it. And so it's just nice to be back in the golf business again. That was going to be my next question, considering you open up on Tuesday, and we talked to you on Sportsbeat last Friday and aired mm-hmm. that a couple of times and did some stories on it. Other people did stories on it. Have you had the type of reaction that you were expecting, mm-hmm. uh, considering when you were sitting around hoping that the place was going to open? Are you seeing the opening impact that you expected? 
Yes and no. I mean, I think the worst thing in the world would have been for us to advertise heavily. Not that we had a whole lot of notice there, but mm-hmm. uh, that we were going to open just because of, of the limited resources we have. The last thing we wanted for you know people to come here and have a bad experience. So right. it's been it's been busy, but not overly busy. It's been manageable, uh, and I, I appreciate what you've done for us, you know, both through the golf show and through. A sports beat in the evenings, um, and uh, you know Pete did some uh, yeah. a piece on us and uh, on the ra- on TV. Uh, if I seem to be <laughs> scatterbrained here, it's because I've That's okay. been working long hours early in the morning. And so, anyway, I apologize for that. But it's been you know if I could have scripted the amount of business we would have liked, I think we pretty well hit it, uh, hmm. Darren. Because enough to keep everybody busy, enough to satisfy our revenue projections. Yet it hasn't been overwhelming. I know you have spoken about this in prior weeks on the golf show when you're anticipating opening. You had basically a safety plan in place for a good amount of time that you felt comfortable with that the university would have to approve. How well have you seen that plan work out? And has there been much adjustment on the fly once you see the golf course open and possibly you've tweaked something along the way? Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a really good question. So in order for us to open, we went through a preliminary inspection by the University Safety Committee last Friday. They suggested a few tweaks. We made those. We put everything in place, including signage and uh, all the other things that, that we need to inform people of how to stay safe here. And then they came back out on Monday and gave us the blessing, so we opened up on Tuesday. What we found um, there have been some tweaks, but they've been behind the scenes as, like, where do we do cart sanitization? Well, we'll do it here instead of there because it works mm-hmm. better with limited staff, so on and so forth. The best thing I heard all week was from a gentleman who played. He said, I've been playing golf all over the world during this thing. I'm still traveling. Hmm. And he said the protocols that you guys have put into place and the staff explanations that we've been given, I feel is safe, safer here than any other golf course I've been to. And he says, quite frankly, most of the factories I've been to don't have it wow. together quite the way you guys do. So that was very heartening to hear that. We think we're doing the right thing. You know, some of it seems to be a little silly at times, but you know what? Better safe than sorry. John Foster, General Manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Darren Pritchett, the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra, discussing the opening of Warren Golf Course earlier this week. I know you had ideas in mind before all this got going, but – was there any advantage at all being a little delayed in opening compared yeah. to other places, having a chance to evaluate what other people were doing? Uh, yeah. I mean, if there was a saving grace to having waited that long, Darren, it was yeah. to, to see what other people have adopted as best practices, see what has worked for them, what hasn't worked for them. So we had a lot of people go ahead of us, maybe potentially making mistakes and things that we were able to benefit from. So that's that's the one thing that, that maybe made me feel a little bit better about having to, to be closed for that long. Why don't we just go through the steps that you've taken right now for golfers that want sure. to play at Warren Golf Course. A lot of people come and go on the radio and, and maybe miss what we talked about last week. Uh-huh. So first off, if I want to play at Warren Golf Course, I want to get a tee time. What is the best way to go about that? You know, we're asking people now, Darren, to go online to um, warrengolfcourse.com and make their tee times online. If they're not comfortable doing that, or they'd rather call, you know, give us a call on you know two three or I'm sorry six five seven four six three one golf, uh, 
and we'll get to them. Uh, if the phone rings for an extended period of time, it's not that we're ignoring you. It's because we're doing something else. Washing carts. Relating to the, uh, <laughs> yeah, cleaning <laughs> carts. Um, but that's, that's how, either way you would like to do it, we can take care of. If someone is driving by the golf course and says, boy, I'd like to go play, are you taking walk-ups at this time, mm-hmm. or would you prefer people just take the time to go online? No, it's it's fine. Uh, okay. We've we've been able to pair people up when they want. As I say, we haven't been overly busy. Um, and the the thing that is really been interesting, I've learned a lot this week about a lot of things. But mm-hmm. we've gone to twelve minute intervals, which I think is by far the longest start intervals in the area, um, limiting one person per cart unless you're part of the same household. Um, our pace of play through the first three days was three hours and ten minutes. Wow. That's crazy. Now, we have an, a, lo- a large amount of walkers here, too. Um, probably 50% of our play is through walking, and it's just the spacing that helps so much. Now, I'm not saying that's going to continue. Um, the, the, the strange thing about pace of play is you're only as fast as the slowest group on the golf course. So we've had a little bit of that going on. Um, but So when you, when you drive up, they're used to us, you know, Taking your offloading your clubs, putting them on a cart. Obviously, we can't do that, so we just encourage people park, uh, go check in at the starter cottage, which is now our center of business. Uh, we'll issue a key to your cart then, and then you can um, go to the range, whatever. And then we, you know, we start you. the The clubhouse is closed, with the exception mm-hmm. of the restrooms are available, and we have a walk up food and beverage station at the back of the building. Near, <clears throat> excuse me, number number ten T. Um, and all, I mean, we, we sanitize each cart before it goes out as it comes in. Um, I mean, I think that the players really haven't been, at least apparently haven't been inconvenienced. They've been somewhat accustomed as they played before. And the other people, I think just appreciate the steps we've taken, you know, to keep them safe. And then we have the standard cup inverted out on the course and on the practice areas, um, so the ball can't go too deeply into the cup, and we have the flag sticks we ask people not to touch. There's no rakes out on the course, no ball washers out on the course. Um, it's It really isn't that much different than normal once you get on the golf course, Darren. So once I make a hole-in-one, I don't have to reach all the way to the bottom of the cup. I can grab the balls quicker that way, right? That's exactly the case, or you can have your playing partners do that for you. That's so, true. That's very yeah. true. Hey, this seems silly to ask, but... It is a new normal, but I hit the ball in a sand trap at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Do I grab the rake? Do I just leave the divot? What's your them. best piece of yeah. advice? I'm, we pulled the rakes off the course, Darren. So we're we're talking about now, maybe down the line, if this continues to be um, as restrictive as possible as far as contact points go, is maybe issuing a rake to each person if they're riding a cart, obviously. Oh, yeah. Put it on the cart and then sanitize it after they're finished. But at this point... Uh, you just got to kind of kick it around and try to get it as level as possible. So there's some things I think people may have to put up with uh, due to this thing that um, they would prefer not to, and we would prefer not to either. Because long term, if the if the you know the bunkers are not uh, manicured, at least keep the depth the sand even throughout. You know there can be some liner damage, some other stuff. So we're hoping this is all somewhat temporary. Um, we just don't know when it's going to you we're gonna be able to revert back to some form of normalcy. I don't think people will mind that. And the second thing is don't hit it in the sand trap. They well, don't have to worry about point. it, right? And, and and one of the better <laughs> things I'd heard this week was from a guy who came up and he said, I'm gonna play here tomorrow 
with my wife, and he said, it's one person per cart, right? And I said, well, if you live in the same household, you're able to ride together. And he says, if my wife asks, tell her it's one person per <laughs> cart. <laughs> I think he was kidding, but it was a good line. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, yeah. along the same lines, John, I, I was actually doing some research this week on a couple of golf items, and I ran across this story, and, and I don't know how realistic this is. This might be just jumping way too far ahead in the conversation because who knows a year from now mm -hmm. where we're going to be with this virus and if there's a vaccine, is it effective, and all those things. But you know, I read someone had a suggestion, and they showed a picture of actually what I'm going to ask you about, uh -huh. and that was golf courses going to one-seated carts. It's mm -hmm. a cart that is much smaller. It's half the size, and just like you would imagine, you have half the cart. You sit in it. You have just one place for a bag, and it's really, really a tiny <clears throat> cart. Do you think we would ever get to that point? But I would also have to imagine – a lot of golf courses, that's a lot of cost making the change yeah. from two carts seats to one. I mean, I'm yeah. assuming you guys don't rent those carts. Do you buy those? We actually, we lease them, Darren, but okay. a five-year lease, uh, so it's not something one can get out of. Uh, just coincidentally, it wasn't an hour ago that somebody was in a parking lot, we were talking, and they were asking. They'd read an article, a very similar thing, about people producing single-rider carts. Now, there, there are people that do that now. They're primarily for handicap carts, uh, so there's some special accessories and things they build on them. From an operator standpoint, here's the issue I would have. I've got twice as many carts to bring in, clean, yeah. and sanitize, whatever. And the wear and tear on the golf course <clears throat> per person that's out there playing, I've got four wheels, or basically for a twosome, I've got eight wheels that are causing compression and some other issues out there, or compaction and other issues, as opposed to the four wheels. And, you know, one could argue that, well, the weight distribution is different or whatever. So I think logistically, storage-wise, frankly, I don't have room oh. to store as many of these carts. And you need literally twice as many carts. So we currently have 70 carts here. We have 15 at the Burke we've able to bring over here. But I, I am pretty tight with that. I can't imagine having to store, say, 140 cars, even though I'm sure the footprint isn't quite half. Um, so anyway, that's, that's the negative side from an operator standpoint. So I think it's a great idea in the short term. But manufacturing something like that and marketing it uh, would require a long-term commitment. I think we're all hopeful that maybe it's not always going to be the case that one has to ride by themselves in a car. A, it looked good on paper. But that explanation is, you know, very informative. And, B, I think one of the great things about playing golf is being with a buddy or yeah. your spouse and riding together yeah. and talking. So that's something I, I that would disagree. be diminished. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that we've noticed, too, on pace of play with separate carts, and you've seen it, Darren, where, you know, a guy, two guys will hit their drive, for instance, and the, and the balls aren't 25 yards apart. And they'll drive up to one, and the, the guy who's not hitting will sit in the cart. The guy will finish hitting, they'll hop in, and they'll drive about 20 yards to the next ball. It's like, guys, how about when he's hitting, you walk over to your ball and grab a club, and then you're ready to hit. Well, that's occurring because everybody's got their own cart now. So I think I attribute some of our pace issues, yeah. our pace uh, improvement, to the fact that everybody's got their own cart. Mm. 
We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back and talk a little more with John Foster, the GM of Warren Golf Course. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra on WSBT. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra. I'm Darren Pritchett with John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. So I want an update on something you mentioned a couple of weeks ago. You were looking into, John, getting a motorized cart, one that follows behind you. You didn't want a pull cart. You didn't want a big cart. You wanted one of those that followed from behind, but you couldn't find one. So what's the latest on that search? So my club car rep, who we've always been club car carts here, um, I was telling him the story, and he said, just give me a couple weeks. I want to drop something by for you to demo. So on Tuesday, he drops by this caddy, basically, which is a three-wheeled modular unit you put your clubs on. It has a GPS screen, cooler, cup holders, (laughs) which are always important. and then you, you put a transponder on your back, and it follows you like five to six feet behind you at your pace. And we've nicknamed it Divot because that's my dog's name, and he follows me <laughs> everywhere. So it's now known as Divot. And I haven't been able to get on the course uh, with it yet, um, but it's it's really kind of cool. And uh, it's great in the parking lot. I just need to take it out and see how it behaves on the golf course. But I, it's it's not inexpensive, but we were looking at it to maybe we can lease a few of these things and then rent them out to the people that walk but just don't want to mess with their clubs. So um, it, it, it's really kind of cool. I can't wait to get out and try it out. Is it like a regular golf cart? It's battery charged? Yeah, it's got a um, – I, I, I can't think of the, the word of the type of uh, battery it is, but a lithium uh, battery, okay. and it's good for at least 36 holes per charge. At least that's what they tell me. Um, yeah, and so it's it's just kind of weird looking. I'll, I'll take a shot of it and text it okay. to you so you can see it. So I would assume there are different levels of speed it will travel, or does it just automatically adjust it's, to the pace? Yes. T- yeah, and you know what a big runner I am, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I actually tried at least a brisk pace the other night, and it stayed right behind me, and then when I slowed down, it slowed down. It's pretty cool. How about that? I think that's something that a lot of people would oh, yeah. be interested in that are out walking the golf course. If you don't want to pull the golf cart, especially in the dead of summer when it's going to be very, very humid, that's got to be a nice luxury to have, especially there when you've so- got the, the place to put a drink and everything. I mean, you can't beat that. No, I mean, it's so interesting, the number of people that really want to walk at times, and they just, and they're like me, I don't want to lug clubs around, whether it's on a push cart or, or not, and so we'll see if there's a market for it or not. Uh, I've been polling people and saying, you know, if our cart fee is $20 per person, you know, would you pay $15 for this, or would you pay 20 And I've got some really, you know, interesting hmm. feedback from people. So Okay, something to yeah. watch. Very, very cool. All right, we will take a timeout. More golf show presented by Michelob Ultra is on the way. From your home of the Fighting Irish, 96.1 WSBT, also at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. Welcome back to the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, enjoy. Proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by John Foster the general manager of Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, Tim Firestone, will rejoin us in the next segment. Our guest is John Handrigan, 
the Notre Dame men's golf coach, and it was an historic season for the Notre Dame golf program. They set a school record by winning four tournaments. They were ranked in the top ten nationally, ranked as high as number five. And from the way it sounds, they still have a pretty good nucleus coming back for next season. John, welcome to the golf show. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing well, and thanks for having me today. I look forward to talking with you guys. We thank you so much for your time. And, John Foster, I'm just going to start with you. You've had a chance to be around John to see what he's done with this program since being hired in July of 2017. How would you describe John and what he has done with this golf program? Uh, the worst three years of my life. I, mean, I guess that sums it up. <laughs> Listen, Derek, you, you, you know, you just cited the numbers, and it goes well beyond the numbers. Um, seriously, John's been a real pleasure to work with, and I say that because we feel like we're part of the golf team, and that's uh, uh, that includes Matt Seelan, my superintendent, and our respective staffs, and we've always wanted that, and it hasn't always been that way necessarily so we have a lot of interaction day to day with john he provides a lot of good input as far as what he'd like to see in the golf course and what he think is important for college golf um him and scott gump as i say are great to work with they've had a lot of success in a short amount of time and both on the course and uh from a recruiting standpoint some of the players that um you know want to come and play golf at notre dame now um are just phenomenal, and um, I, I, I always had felt that you know this this product we have here was maybe being undersold, and I think John, one of the first things when he came in, he he appreciated and he recognized what a great facility this is, golf course yeah. and the practice facility, uh, notwithstanding the Notre Dame education, which is uh, one of his big selling points as well. But I just the quality of recruits that have come through here, and he brings the recruits to us and, and introduces them and their parents to, you know, Matt's staff, my, uh, me and my staff. It's just you feel like we're part of the family, and um, he's done a phenomenal job, and I expect that to continue. I'm, I know you're going to talk about it here. Um, we, we were all equally disappointed when the season was cut short because – uh, God knows where these guys could have gone this year. But I'm going to do something very uh, uncommon for me. I'm going to shut up at this point and let you and John talk. <laughs> well, it's interesting what you were saying about the golf program. That sounded like statements made about the hockey program 20 years ago, and Coach Jackson has taken that program to a national level. And John is on his way of doing that right now with the men's golf program. John, how important has it been to have a golf course like Warren to be your home facility? Well, I've been fortunate to coach at a lot of schools now across the country, and uh, and I haven't been to one yet that has an elite golf course that can host a major championship, and uh, and obviously hosting the Senior Open last year to be recognized for that, to tell recruits that we're the only school in the country that's hosted a major championship, um, just speaks volumes for a golf course. And when you want to, you know, recruit players that want to improve and play in the PGA Tour, you have to have a great way to instruct and help them improve. Um, and our golf course does that. You know, we we play there as much as we possibly can. Our facility is outstanding. Um, Matt and, and Foster, they do a, a great job with uh, making us feel like it's our home. Um, and, uh, and we get to play a championship golf course day in and day out. And I can't tell you how much that prepares us uh, for competition. Um, and Matt does a, a great job, Matt Steelen, of, of setting it up uh, the way – uh, Coach Gump and I would like to help us practice and 
and that prepares us for when we get on the road and we play some of the best golf courses in the country. Um, we're fortunate to have that at our own at our own home. Coach, before we leave, talking about Warren Golf Course, what was your thoughts on seeing the U.S. Senior Open take place in the facility? It's a shame the golf course did not dry out, so the scores probably were a little higher than we expected. But how did the golf course hold up against the best senior players? Yeah, I think the first two days when it was soft, we had that unforeseen rain that we weren't expecting. Um, it, uh, there, there were some low scores out there, but the last two days when it firmed up and played the way um, Matt and John wanted it to play, I think it, uh, it held its own pretty well. And in the last day, um, I can't remember the exact scoring, but there wasn't too many players that uh, were under par and very few in the 60s. So it's a really good test of golf. Um, you can't control Mother Nature, but having some of the best players of all time at our home golf course was, was amazing. We had a, a skybox um, for our alums and, and donors to come back to, and, and uh, it was neat because those are all the players that I grew up watching. Um, I wish I could take some of the credit for it, but I was just there kind of reaping the rewards of the, the Senior Open, and a lot of work that, uh, that our staff put in. Um, but I thought they did a phenomenal job, and uh, to host that championship here at Notre Dame was, was outstanding. And, and the players, too, that, that played in the event, all the, the kind remarks that they had afterwards about how good our golf course was and, and telling, you know, on national TV that if I was, uh, you know, if they were going back to college again, they would, they would look at Notre Dame because it was a fabulous uh, golf course and experience. So. It just it speaks volumes uh, of what we have here, and we're fortunate to have some of the best facilities in the country. John Handrigan, Notre Dame men's golf coach, our guest on WSBT Radio. John, take us back to early on in your tenure as Notre Dame men's golf coach. As you think back, what is possibly the most important thing that you did that set the stage for this tremendous season? I think John Foster talked, uh, touched on it a little bit earlier, but we just created – a new culture and we have so many positive things here at Notre Dame um, and the culture of the team um, didn't understand or appreciate all the things that we had to offer and we uh, do obviously recruited hard and, and brought in some really strong players but we developed the current players into elite players and there's seniors that are graduating this year that um, their first couple of years they weren't performing to their expectations or ours and, uh, and we worked hard with those players to develop them and make them into top college players. And uh, those are the players that competed for us this year and got us ranked in the top ten in the country. Um, but I would say Notre Dame's got a lot to offer, and we created a different kind of culture. Um, we created a team culture, like John Foster was just talking about, that we incorporate everybody as part of our team, and that's you know, our, the golf staff. That's the starters at the golf course. That's Matt Seelan and his staff. That's people on campus that can help our team. And, and that was, uh, you know, Scott Gump, who's a phenomenal assistant coach. He's, we're utilizing him in a different way because, I mean, he played on tour for, for 20 years, and he can help our players improve and develop. And, and he was a big part of it. And we hired um, um, a new volunteer assistant coach, and he just uh, retired at Notre Dame. But Scott Malpass, he's, he taught um, our players what the culture of Notre Dame should be as well. So, we have a lot to offer at Notre Dame, and we're fortunate to really um, show our players what we can do. John Foster, let me just ask you, being around mm-hmm. the program, seeing these golfers, seeing the coaching staff, what impresses you about the culture that's been created? It's just a 180-degree turnaround, Darren. Um, 
you know, the, the kids were frustrated uh, themselves, I think, and, and the, the fact that they were kind of rudderless in, in terms of where they wanted to go. And there's, this brought clarity, I think, to what, it's, what it should be to play golf at Notre Dame. John's done that. Um, and the kids, uh, I wouldn't call them undisciplined before necessarily. They were wanting some direction, wanting some uh, discipline, and they now know what the expectations are. Mm-hmm. They're very clear. John points out to each one of them individually what's expected of them, and if they don't perform, they don't play. And I thought it was so telling that um, John, in an earlier interview, I'm trying to think it was with Golf Week, I believe, where at times when he came in here his first year, you had kids actually silently rooting against other kids to play poorly so maybe they could play the next week. And that's just obviously um, very divisive for a team. And he's he's managed to turn that around, whereas the kids compete against one another now. They don't wish the other person bad. They just want to beat them. Mm-hmm. John Handrigan, Notre Dame men's golf coach, our guest on WSBT Radio. John Foster, Darren Pritchett alongside. Coach Handrigan, I know at the start of the year, and I'm not sure how the rankings are done in college golf, but you guys were ranked in the 100s. As I mentioned at the Open, you ended up being ranked in the top ten as high as number five in the country. Did the rest of the country not know what you had, or did possibly this group exceed even your expectations at the start of the year? Yeah, I think um, we could see how well our program was improving over the last couple of years, and and like we talked about, we had a culture in place that we felt was going to produce some, some winning programs and winning teams. Um, did I foresee us you know, breaking all those records and winning four out of our first five events? Definitely not. You know, that exceeded um, our goals even as a team. Um, however, you know, we, we worked hard and the, the guys really improved throughout the last couple of years. And we could foresee that we're going to have a, a great team. And that team's not going to stop after this year, you know. And unfortunately, it was it was cut short. And being ranked top ten in the country, it it uh, I don't think it surprised a lot of people out there because I think they knew what Notre Dame golf was capable of, and and they they kind of knew who I was as a coach. So, um, but you know, at the same time, you know, we were a team that people were looking at, you know, kind of in the corner of their eyes coming up that uh, they were they were concerned about. So we were. You know, going to some tournaments, we were the team in the field that everyone was like, oh, Notre Dame's here. They're top ten in the country. And it was nice to be recognized for that mm-hmm. because early on, you know, being ranked 100th in the in the country, people were just looking at Notre Dame as an easy team to beat. Um, and now they're looking at us as a team that, you know, is likely going to beat them and they'd have to play their best golf to beat us. So it was nice to get that recognition. The guys deserved it. And uh, it wasn't uh, it was from a lot of hard work, that's for sure. And, Coach, is there an event in particular, whether it was this year or possibly last year, where you started to turn the corner and the group realized that everything that you had put into the program, the culture you had set, the hard work that the guys had put in, it all paid off? Yeah, I would say it was our first event this fall when, um, you know, in past years we had chances to win we couldn't quite get it done. And then our first event in the fall at Wisconsin, uh, their home golf course, who had a pretty strong field this year, um, we had a, a chance to win that, that final round, and we just blew everybody away uh, that final round and won by quite a few shots. And when we did that, we kind of broke through that first time and got the taste of winning. Everybody could see that, you know, we're an elite team and 
it brought confidence. Um, success breeds success. And uh, and then the next week, um, we weren't uh, we weren't happy with that one win. We wanted to win again, and the guys were extremely motivated. And then when we got ourselves in that position again to win, they just believed that you know what we've already did this. We've already won an event. We can do this again. And then you know sure enough, we won our second event. So um, and then they're hungry to win the third. Um, I got a really uh, this team that we we built is really hungry and they want to improve and they want to win everything they play. So there's they're not content with just winning one or two. They want to they want to win them all. And I'm I'm really happy with how competitive they are and, and how much they want to uh, make this program better. Well, I'm sure being a golf coach with players all over the golf course, it can be tense at times when you're in a big event. But I would have to think there was one weekend in particular. We're going into the final round or in the midst of the final round. You had to be the most relaxed golf coach in history because i got to point out the Quail Valley Collegiate where you shattered the program's 54-hole scoring record by 21 strokes. You guys had 43 under par as your final score. I would assume that was the weekend where everything absolutely clicked for your group. Yeah, it sure was. It was a special week. Um, they just kept making birdies after birdies, um, and uh, and what a week! And and we had uh, you know the individual winner in Palmer Jackson that week, and he birdied the very last hole to to win the individual title. Um, we broke a lot of a team records that week, and it was the last tournament of the fall. So pretty nice to go out on uh, on that note, and uh, just very happy for the guys. They worked so hard over the last three years and sometimes you don't always see the rewards and the benefits of it but you know the to shoot your your school record and win four to five and to end the fall you know top 10 in the country um very uh very happy for them and extremely rewarding for us mr foster i would assume you didn't give the pep talk that weekend no no we were <laughs> you know we're following it on golf step um and you know it's it's live it's i think it was every three hole scoring or something they kept posting all these scores i was like i did they play 18 holes or they post after 16 i've just (laughs) never seen anything as far as the the scoring goes and uh no i did not give them a pep talk i stay out of john and scott's way when it comes to motivating (laughs) motivating the kids or golf instruction or anything else for that matter well well, it's pretty remarkable coach when you see the depth you had on your team and also three of your players were qualifiers for the U.S. Amateur and Palmer Jackson made it all the way to the quarterfinals. That type of experience, being a part of the U.S. Amateur, what does that do for a collegiate player? Yeah, it just gives them confidence, right? So the U.S. Am is the biggest amateur event in the world um, and definitely biggest in the summer. Um, and when they can compete at the highest level against the best players in the world, they they feel they can come into Notre Dame and play against the best college players in the world. And, uh, and it just breathes, uh, you know, confidence in them. And, uh, and, you know, Palmer as a freshman, usually there's a big transition there, but uh, he knew that if he can compete at the USAM and he almost won the medalist honors there, that he can do it in college. And there was no, you know, transition for him coming in. He was ready to dominate right off and uh, to win his first college event in his first semester. Uh, Notre Dame um, is pretty special. There's not too many players in the country that do that. So we were we were lucky to have him and, and the other two players, um, Hunter and uh, Davis, who played in the USAM. Same thing. You know, they had a lot of confidence coming in, and that showed in our very first qualifier and then our first tournament, um, leading us to a, a really a big victory to start off the year. 
John, what does the roster look like next year? We have a, a great returning class, obviously, um, in the players that uh, we developed over the last couple of years, and uh, a lot of strong players um, coming back. And then also our freshman class is uh, ranked one of the best in the country. So we got uh, three players coming in from all over, uh, one from San Francisco, one from Arizona, and then one from Ponte Vedra, Florida. And uh, they're elite players in the class, um, all ranked uh, top 25 or top 30 in that class uh, for sure. So we think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always hard to be a ranked, you know, top five team in the country, but we feel that we've got everything in place to be a, an elite team again. And, and hopefully um, if everything gets kind of back to normal, we can, you know, compete for a national championship. And I think we have all the pieces to do that. Well, it's exciting, John, just from the standpoint you're doing it in a climate where it's not always as nice as some of the other schools. We've seen Mike Small at the University of Illinois have them in the NCAA tournament in the running for a national championship for a decade now. So you guys are showing it's possible to win, I guess, out of the south. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy in the north, as you know, with the winters that we have. But uh, one strength that we really have at Notre Dame, and that's – that's our network and our alumni, yep. and they're great supporters of our program. Um, the team prior to uh, to Coach Gump and I working to get together only went down south one time uh, in the winter, and now our team goes down every single weekend to practice and work on our games. So um, this past year, our guys uh, were, that are mainly in the business school didn't have classes on Fridays, so we would leave Thursday evening, um, go down to mostly Florida, play golf Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every single week to get ready for our first tournament. Um, And, you know, the alums that we have are members at some great places, so we get to go to, you know, Augusta National and Seminole and places that are Mm -hmm. top ten in the the country. So it's pretty nice that our guys get to experience that. And plus, you know, if you're going to play and and beat some of the best southern schools in the country, you got to play a lot of golf. And uh, we have have an awesome indoor facility that there's no – you have to be playing, and, and there's no, uh, no, nothing different than uh, you know playing competitive golf on grass. So we got to make sure we're doing that, and we do everything we can to, to get down there and travel and, and play that play golf. John, final question for you, and our good friend John Foster, he is known on the golf show as being one of the greatest name droppers of all time. <laughs> so I'm going to give you an opportunity to match him just with your time in college golf, being around different programs. Are there a few guys that might be familiar names currently or in the past on the PGA Tour that golf fans might recognize? Well, nobody knows more celebrities than John Foster, so I'm not going to try to one-up him. That's for sure. But uh, uh, I would say in the golf world, uh, the guys that uh, that I love to uh, be around and, and, you know, learned a lot about in my coaching days would be um, Billy Horschel, who won the FedEx Cup uh, a few years ago, uh, Gary Woodland, who just won the uh, uh, the uh, U.S. Open last summer. Um, pretty elite players there. I haven't been around guys like Tiger and people like that, but uh, some elite college players that have been around that have been successful on the PJ Tour uh, would be, you know, Woodland and, and Horschel for sure. Well, hopefully very, very soon. Players from the University of Notre Dame will be playing on the PGA Tour for us to enjoy. And, Coach, we greatly appreciate your time again. Congratulations. An historic season for the Notre Dame men's golf program. And when we get back to normalcy and these guys get back to competition once again, we look forward to following their progress.
Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right, John. Thanks, buddy. The show. You bet. John Handrigan, Notre Dame men's golf coach, joining us. We'll be back with more golf show in a moment on WSBT. Well, let's conclude this installment of the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra on WSBT Radio by asking John Foster for the first time this year, <laughs> what is coming up at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame since the facility is now open? Well, yeah, I say you've asked me. I just have anything to tell you before. <laughs> so we one thing I, I want to answer questions before they're asked somewhat is the Burke is still closed. Our Burke course is still closed on campus for the foreseeable future. We're trying to address that. Um, and so we're, you know, we're open for play. The other thing that has changed the last three years, we weren't open on Mondays because we were doing projects and things mm-hmm. in preparation for the senior open. So from here on out at starting at 11 o'clock on Monday, we'll be open. So seven days a week now, we'd love to see you come on out. John, good to be with you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Darren, thanks. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra on 96.1 WSBT South Bend, the sports leader. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 